Hello again, my name is Anne-Marie Zanzel and welcome to Coming Out and Beyond LGBTQIA Plus Stories. I am an ordained minister, bereavement counselor, conversationalist, spiritual wanderer, later in life lesbian, change maker, blogger, author, mom of four beautiful children, wife to my lovely wife, Tonda McKay, a northerner living in the South and trying to figure it all out. I share the stories of people who are coming out later in life to the LGBTQIA community and other queer stories. These stories are compelling, heartbreaking, joyful, and inspirational. I started this podcast because we need to normalize exploration and of sexuality and gender at all ages. Plus, visibility is vital to the queer community. It's never too late to be who we are created to be. My guest proved that. Hi, this is Amory Zanzel, and welcome to another episode of Coming Out and Beyond. Today, I'm so excited to have my guest, Christine Turpignan. She is a later in life lesbian, and we both sort of came out about the same time. She was maybe a couple of years behind me, and she has been helping me now for the last couple of years in my own group, posting our Working Wednesday post every Wednesday, which I deeply appreciate, Christine. So why I want you to introduce you to Christine is that she's done something really phenomenal, which I have been watching from afar. She started a rural support group for LGBTQIA kids who are in rural America. And the name of this group is called I'll Be Your Rock. Now, the funny thing is, is that she started it only six months ago and has found all kinds of support in her community and also has a lot of kids attending. Well, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a month ago, I'm not sure, the kids suggested to Christine that they would like to have a pride event in their small town of Vermontville, Michigan. And with the help of Christine and their supporters, they are having this event this weekend, right, Christine? Uh, no, it's actually August 20th. Great. And yep. so I would like to welcome Christine to our show. And by the way, she is also the owner of Happy Sue's and Company, and she's got a lot of cool queer apparel. Uh, we'll have all the links in the notes afterwards. So welcome, Christine. It is so nice to have you here today. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, Christine, tell me your story. Well, um, I grew up in rural America. You can't get much more rural than Vermontville, Michigan. I grew up loving my town, loving the school system I was raised in. Um, but I was raised in a time where I didn't really understand what was going on with me. You know, a few years ago, I might have said what's wrong with me but now I I mean I just know that I was I was uh gay and it's just something I didn't really understand a lot of things you know were confusing and it wasn't until I was an adult and established in my life before things started to make sense and by then I was married to a, an absolutely wonderful man um, mm -hmm. and we have three uh just fantastic kids mm -hmm. uh, I could brag all day on those kids, um, and they've been my, a huge support group for me. Um, but then I, uh, you know, when you're gay, it doesn't go away. Yeah. So, um, it just it came to a full boil, and uh, I just couldn't keep it 
contained anymore. And I like to say that I fell out, crashed out. Um, I did not come out gracefully out of the closet. Um, <laughs> Most of us don't, you know, how, I mean, like, how can you come out gracefully out of the closet? Well, I know I do have some friends that I go, wow, they're really, they're handling this great. Yeah. <laughs> they don't feel like it, but I'm like, wow, compared to Chris Turpening, they're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. But, um, in, uh, so that was a long road. It's a road I almost didn't survive actually coming out. And, um, but life goes on. And if you keep it in forward motion, uh, things started to get better. And I have three kids that support me greatly. My family um, supports me. And um, so once you get out of the fire, you turn around and help other people out. And Last October, I was watching the news and there was a, a story about 60% of LGBTQ plus kids uh, either consider or consider suicide or self-harm. And that blew me away. I mean, because I've been there. I've been there as an adult where I didn't know, you know, you didn't know how you were going to, how you were going to get to another happy day. And so, so- you know, I really understand that. And you and I were both adults when we came out. We we're both married. We both had children. We, we were fully christened adults. And can you describe, you know, like, what were some of the feelings that you had during those times, that time? Uh, shame. Shame? Oh, shame. Mm-hmm. Lots of shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, embarrassment. Yeah. Shame is pretty pretty big for me. I mm-hmm. just felt ashamed that I could have the world by the tail. Um, you know, I was a volleyball coach. I was the mom who who did a lot of volunteering, and uh, I was just kind of everywhere in the community. And I had this beautiful farm, a wonderful spouse, um, and and these three great kids. How could I? how could this be me? And how could this ever turn into a life that felt like I was okay to be me? Yeah. Well, I think I, I really understand that because, you know, you, you and I both know there's something called compulsory heterosexuality. And I think you and I got really caught up in that in our younger years. And, you know, we were expected to get married and have have a family and that was and it, and also by the way it was something I wanted too I, I did want to get married and had have a family but the thing is is that we started to check all the boxes right you know marriage family nice house nice life nice community and we're still not we're still restless and something's not quite right and you can't figure out what it was and so when we start coming out a lot of times there is a lot of shame involved right oh yeah yeah, and, and then guilt. I'm sorry? Shame can do a person in. Yes. Really, and um, uh, there's absolutely no shame in being the way God made you. So yeah, uh, I've, learned to, I've learned that I was so wrong. Um, I, I was just wrong in many ways. So mm-hmm. it feels mm-hmm. good to, you know, once you leave shame behind on that, you can leave it behind on the way I came out and all of it. So right. So last, um, so last October, you were watching this newscast, and then you 
you heard the story of, you know, the LGBTQ kids, you know, attempt suicide or self-harm. And you understood that deeply because you had just been through this whole process yourself. So what happened? Well, being a volleyball coach for many, many years, um, I'm a little privy to things maybe that parents aren't privy to or mm. friends. And I had a vision in my head of um, some kids that I love very much um, mm -hmm. on the court and off the court. And that and uh, those faces, I just couldn't imagine this world without those kids. And okay. I mean, I saw that then Vermontville had a suicide of a kid that had graduated, but still very young around my kid's age. And I don't know what that child's story is, not at all, mm -hmm. but I thought that's God telling me I need to, you know, do something. You, you got through this now help them get through this. And, mm -hmm. and so I did, I mean, within three days I was on, uh, well, this, this, um, story said that if kids, if, gay kids know just one openly gay adult, those numbers uh, dramatically decrease. And also if they have one rock, be it just an ally, um, if they just have one rock, those numbers decrease. So I, I had been out, but quietly out. And I just knew it was time to come out loud. And that's what I did. I made a Facebook post where I'm in friends with just about everybody in Vermontville and Nashville. And, and I talked about that. And I said that um, if you need to know an openly gay adult, I'm that, I'm that adult. Wow, and, Christine. Yeah, it was a big step, but that's all I needed. That was the spur in my belly. And, and by January, I had planned and I had, uh, had my first meeting and in that first meeting I had tons of books by people that are supported by you and your support group I've had I had games and books and money coming from as far west as Washington as far east as New Jersey as far south as Texas and Minnesota I mean this all these very fine women that we we call our friends and mm -hmm. our community yeah. our later in life badass bitches community <laughs> they truly are they truly are they came through for these kids and you know to be from such a small rural area and for me to say these people love you from so far away and they're telling you you are perfect the way you are no matter how you're made we're gonna we're celebrating you in that first meeting in January, I had one, one, one child, one brave soul who came, one brave soul who came, and I had uh, a couple adults that were queer and they came, and we sat and we played games and we had a good time and we didn't talk at all about being gay, mm -hmm. and and that's pretty much what my support group is. Then the next month I had a couple more and then a couple more moms and then. To last month, I had we had two tables full of kids, um, with some just some amazing kids and talking talking about some hard things they're going through. Mm -hmm. and, and we did it while playing games and them learning about me and me learning about them and and then the parents 
of, of some other kids that are there. They're all, we're all just such a wonderful support group. And I, I said, these kids need a pride. These, these rocks, we call them rocks. They're all part of the rock pile. Uh, they stepped up and we are going to throw a humdinger of a pride in Vermontville, Michigan for youth. Um, it's all geared towards teens and younger and their families. And I went to Maple Valley High School and it sounds like we're having quite a homecoming of, of people that felt like they had to move away from Vermontville or Nashville, Nashville, Michigan, uh, that uh, they felt like they had to move away to be who they are. And they are, they're moved to tears that this is happening in wow. our home. And they're so home. I may come up to this to see this because I am like, I would love to meet them and, and some of the kids. And also, I think it's really important for the kids to know that there's ministers that are gay. Um, I'm, as you know, Christine, I'm an ordained minister and I don't talk about it a lot, but, um, but a lot of times kids get really hammered by the church. Um, by some churches and are told they're not, they're sinful, their very nature is sinful, or told they have to be celibate their whole life, or all kinds of things. And so even for them to see a gay minister or, you know, is, is so helpful, helpful for them. Um, so, so someone's listening right now, they live in some tiny town in Oklahoma, <laughs> a rural town. What? What are the steps they should take to do this? Well, I'm not sure if I did it right or not, but... <laughs> Apparently, because you had two tables your last meeting, so word of mouth, it sounds like, yeah. But also, what did you do? Well, I started by stepping out on Facebook and mm -hmm. putting it out there that I was going to start this. And then I started to make, I don't know what you call them, like little Facebook posters and putting it out on what's happened in Vermont, Vermontville. And mm -hmm. that was exactly um, terribly popular with some people that give you the angry face, but I don't care. I don't care. The mic drop on this should be that this will prevent suicide. It will be life changing if not life saving. So, I mean, if they have hate, they can bring it on, but there has been so little in this small time and, um, and it starts to bring out all the allies. And I thought I was alone in, I thought I was the only one my whole life. I thought I was the only one. And when I started this, all of a sudden, all the, the queer community that lives in this community who are quiet and they don't broadcast it like I have been, um, but they have, they have been fantastic. I didn't, I didn't know they were out there and now they're my friends. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. And these kids, whether they choose to stay in Vermontville and raise their kids or if they choose to move away, but they will move away knowing they could be who they are in Vermontville and that they came from a community that loved them because it has been overwhelming, positive, lovely that this community uh, is embracing this. Uh, I'm not saying there hasn't been hate and I do think uh, the haters think I'm not aware of what they're planning, but if it's said about me, I mean, I've lived here 51 years. If it's said about me, it comes back to me. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I know where they're going to be. <laughs> so, are, so are you preparing for protesters? Yes, yes. Okay. okay. We will have police presence there. 
and um, yeah, we've got we've got a lot of plans that they're not going to ruin our day. This is you know one thing that I always thought would be really amazing, and maybe somebody listening to this or or a, like a, a church community that is UCC or Disciples of Christ or ECLA or uh, Metropolitan is that I always thought it would be so amazing if a church group came and sang hymns <laughs> so they could shout out, so they could drown out the protesters, you know? Well, let me, I was in um, with my, my business, Happy Susan Company, it's very important to me that I not just go to big cities and where I, I know that I will be making, you know, a prop, a huge profit. But I took my business to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. It's like a good ten-hour drive to a community that is um, they don't have GM for, uh, you know, for jobs and things like we do down here. Um, I knew that it would not be maybe my biggest payoff. But when I went up there, it was a huge payoff. Those kids that were so grateful that I was bringing really cool um, queer products up there. And they did have a, a choir. They had their local choir singing. Yeah. And for my pride, there's a congregational church in Charlotte. I would like it to be my own hometown because I've attended the congregational church. And they're coming mm -hmm. around. Um, but... Uh, and they're wonderful people. I love these people. Um, but uh, it's the Congregational Church in Charlotte. It's, to you, it'd probably be a small small town, but to me, it's a big city. And they are they are whole hogs supporting this pride. They're giving uh. to every kid, not just, they didn't get Christian books. They got books about being queer, things that would speak to these kids. And I think that's the greatest thing. They're not pushing religion. They're they're pushing religion by example and right, right, more thing. right. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. what's the best thing about doing this? Uh, sitting at a table, uh, trying not to cry because I'm a big boob. Uh, <laughs> when I have got all of these kids from the country, uh, sitting around these tables, teenagers. You know, I think maybe our oldest is 19, down to our youngest is 11, and they're including this child, and they're laughing while, you know, maybe a rock is talking to another one about some hard things, and everybody's getting what they need. Sometimes they just need to be, and to be in a group of people where who they are is not um, any source of... Uh, controversy or or shame because you mm -hmm. talked about uh, religious trauma there's a lot of that right around. I'm sure I know that it's everywhere mm -hmm. uh, but yeah we've got some churches that and I know these kids have told me they still have to go with their parents to church and um, how hard would it well I know how hard it would be to sit in a pew and um, hear things that make you dive a little bit deeper into the closet a dangerous yeah. closet. and and I've tried to pull I've tried to point that out and it doesn't matter I guess that's how deep religion goes it, uh, love isn't always 
Well, yeah, when I, you know, when I came from, well, I have had a quite a journey from in religion. I went from Catholicism to evangelical to now the UCC, which is very progressive congregational church. Um, and uh, what I was really like when I first came out and started working with women coming out later in life, um, 80% of us come from some sort of religious tradition, often conservative. And you can't just say to people, oh, God loves you. <laughs> it's so much more complicated than that because people are worried about the existential questions. They're worried about whether, you know, will they go to hell? What if they're wrong? Um, all kinds of things that it's not just, it's not an easy solve. You know what I mean? But it's just not. It's like it's called deconstruction, and it's people slowly having to de deconstruct their faith and move away from what they've been taught. Sometimes this is the thing, though, is that um, I've been starting to do a lot of work around religion recently, and the thing is, is that um, that people, some people, when they just reject religion totally, and then that's it, they're done, which is fine. It, and I, I am like, it is whatever you, people are, have a right to their own journey through life. And so that's what I'm talking about is that they reject religion. But the thing is, is the religious seeds are still planted in them. So for example, if somebody's not going to church anymore, not going to synagogue, not going to mosque, they are, um, they can reject all that and not be a part of it. But those seeds of shame and guilt and what they learned about being gay or queer when they were young are still in there. So we sort of have to learn how to um, either tear them up or recultivate them so that they can be a different way for people. And so like what you're doing right now, I I'm so admire it so much, Christine, because I know, like I think to myself how my life would have been different if I stumbled upon something like that when I was young, you know? Well, that means the world to me because I hope these kids, I hope they never realize what they had. <laughs> know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I hope, never, I hope they never realize just how great this is because it helped them so much to avoid some of the things that I went through, that you went through. Mm-hmm you know, that a lot of us have gone through. I hope everybody can check shame and guilt and fear at the closet door. That would be lovely, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Yeah, it's, it's uh, awfully, awfully freeing when you put all that behind you. And I'm probably very lucky that I wasn't raised um, in a church quite like that. I, I don't have that kind of religious trauma at all. I My friends went to some that they were just very judgmental people that went to these churches and we know that's nothing we wanted to be a part of. I tell you, I think I've joked with you before that I went to the church of Dolly Parton and <laughs> <laughs> I love her. My brothers and Dolly Parton. I know all about <laughs> all I need to know. <laughs> um, so let me ask you a couple questions. So let your kids know this. When you came out, did you have a coming out song? Um, well, the trying to get over the coming out, I do. Dolly 
obviously it's going to be a Dolly Parton song, but she sings a song called the, I can see the light of a clear, clear blue morning. Mm -hmm. It's going to be okay. And that's my song. That's, that's much been my whole life song, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, it sounds like you're somebody who's generally had a very positive attitude towards life. Well, you know, attitude is everything. And maybe I was raised on a farm. There's not much time to (laughs) sit and waller in your yeah, you pull yourself up and you get going, right? But, it's but not easy for everybody. So right, I, yeah, it, and it's not easy for everybody. But also, too, you know, you and I have very similar values that way. And but the thing is, is when we both came out, both of us will tell you that it nearly it laid us out because it was a, it was just letting go of so many things and also letting in so many things. And so, you know, when I talk about coming out later in life, I talk about the grief of it. And it's like it's this thing where you're holding joy and 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 grief in your hands at the same time and navigating all that can be really, really difficult oh my gosh the grief yeah yeah I guess I when I was I finally found therapy and the right therapist that was all a we could talk for days yeah we could talk for days <laughs> she said you're you're mourning and that's okay and I did I mourned for the longest time I mourned my spouse whom I still to this day and will always love greatly I mourned my marriage I mourned the way my family was. Uh, there was, there's just so, I mean, when somebody passes away, you mourn just missing them possibly. There's just so much to mourn when you come out of the closet and your whole life has evolved into something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it just hits you from all sides. And it's and, and if you can't do it standing on your feet, uh, that's okay. Uh, you will get through it. And mm-hmm. uh, You'll be amazed at yourself if you if you just keep that forward motion. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, is Christine and I were grown-ass women when this happened. And so I can only imagine how hard it is for the teenagers and the young 20-somethings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes I think, you know, Christine and I experienced, we grieved what we lost. And, and I think with the younger ones, I've always imagined they grieve what they thought their future was going to be. Like they thought how their life was going to be and how their relationships with their family was going to be. And some maintain all that. That's not everybody's experience. But some kids have some serious stuff happen to them that, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I I think what I'm trying to do, I have learned in these last six months that these kids, they come, some of them come from uh, difficult homes. Some of them come from good homes, but that religious thing is still there. Uh, but <laughs> I've got so much to say about these kids. I love them so much. But um, it's, the, it's the community I have to change. It's, it's the homes they come from. I can't change much, but I, I think I can, if I keep at it, I can change the way they feel about gay people, that gay people can still... Uh, get married they can have children they can be your lovely son or daughter they can be all these things and still be gay and if parents only knew that you know when your child comes out to you believe them Uh, yes don't believe them don't tell them it's a phase (laughs) 
I knew something was up, <laughs> something was amiss when I was very young. So I can tell you that, yes, kids do know from a young age. Well, yeah. Comfortable. They know what makes them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. You know? And also, too, the difference now than when Christine and I were young is that there's visibility. So, like, I didn't even have the words or the to explain what was going on, except, you know, I did think I was gay, but I didn't, like, know where to go. I didn't have examples because there wasn't that when we were growing up in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. And so... What I've, what's happened with these kids is they do have visibility. They do see queer characters. They see queer characters on Nickelodeon and Disney and all the other shows. And so they know it's a possibility now. So I think even more than ever, when your kids tell you that they're not straight or that they're uh, trans, we believe them. We just believe them. And that's, yeah. And, and, and saying something is a phase is often diminishing it, you know, it Mm -hmm. is diminishing it. So, so when you, in your travels, have you ever found a good book that you loved or something that's really changed your perspective on things, Christine? Um, Well, you, (laughs) you caught a gal that's not the biggest reader. Okay. Uh, Movie or TV. I don't care. Yeah, seriously, next question. Okay, next question. Next question is how, after everything you've been through, how is your life right now? Describe it. Um, It's happy. It's very happy. Um, And like I said, it's in forward motion. I'm not where I want to be, but I certainly, I can see it on the horizon and I'm working towards it and I'm getting there and you know, I've gone through a lot of this on hope, uh, knowing what I want, knowing what, uh, knowing what I think is for me and never giving up hope on that and, and trusting, trusting my intuition and uh, my heart. I'm a kind of gal that leads by my heart, less my brain. <laughs> Which mm-hmm. I'm trying as a business owner to be a little bit more um leading with my brain but <laughs> mm-hmm. but but it's happy it's it's getting it's getting there uh-huh. and it's it's a every day I can't wait to see where it's going I can't wait to see who comes into my life I can't wait to see um, what that looks like and where my business goes I never once uh, coming out for many, until just a couple years ago, did I think I would own a company where I would be spreading a positive message about being queer? Would I be running a support group and helping other people avoid the heartache that I felt? That I might be standing on a stage here in a month and leading leading kids in in uh, gay fun. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's it's beyond what I can imagine so I can honestly tell anybody that's struggling you just hang on because you're going to amaze yourself absolutely and I, I completely agree and I know you've seen my story as well and where I've gone and stuff like that so I completely agree so Christine Turpington I have such a hard time with your name I don't know 
Christine. Susan Company. Don't worry Christine from Happy Susan Company, an amazing T-shirt manufacturer and a soon-to-be nonprofit, I think, called I'll Be Your Rock. Um, I am so happy to have you here today. I am so honored to know you, and I am so excited for the kids that you will be helping, serving, taking care of, and um, and doing all the good work that you're doing within our community. Um, I will have all of Christine's information in the notes, show notes, and also hopefully a email or something where you can contact her if you have any questions. If you're somebody who really wants to start a rural, something in the rural America, we would love, I'm sure Christine would love to help you out. Oh my gosh, yeah. I would, yeah, I would, I would help anybody start a chapter of I'll Be Your Rock. Yes. Anyway, anytime. Yeah. Well, thank you, Christine. Thank you. Thank you, Anne-Marie.